this is Way to Live, the Holistic Wellbeing Podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Connolly, bringing new topics of health and wellness to you every week. On this new episode, I'll be discussing healthy Japanese with shoku food with a local ATX restaurant owner, who is also my former client through my consulting business at Good Business Design. She's passionate about preparing healthy and delicious meals for her family, friends, and guests at her restaurant. The food she crafts is nothing short of unique and amazing, but it's her kind soul and warm energy that will keep you coming back. If you're in Austin or a surrounding city, keep listening to learn more about her and her restaurant. In an effort to support small businesses, enjoy your next meal from this East Austin gem. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Leanne Valenti, chef owner at Bento Picnic, right here in Austin, Texas. One of my favorite restaurants for healthy and tasty meals. Bento Picnic offers Japanese-inspired home-cooked meals, ranging from bento boxes, soups, curry chicken, noodles, and now dinner and wine with the recent addition of sabasans. Leanne, so happy to have you on the show. Thanks, Chelsea. It's a pleasure. Okay, so uh, can you tell the listeners who you are and what you do in the food industry? Oh, well, you summed it up so well. (laughs) (laughs) Little intro. (laughs) My name's Leanne, and um, as Chelsea mentioned, I own Bento Picnic. Um, It's now just a little over five years since I founded Mm -hmm. uh, Bento, and I started as a caterer and then a farmer's market vendor and then opened the restaurant just a little over two years ago. Awesome. And we just um, got our beer and wine license and opened up Sabasan's uh, in April of this year mm-hmm. of 2020, which was an interesting time to open a, right. a, a new concept during quarantine. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm really thankful for, you know, um, having that additional offering, especially mm-hmm. now because, you know, we have so much of our, our revenue is tied up in catering and, um, in doing the sales at the gym nearby that have, okay. you know, been cut out due to COVID. Mm-hmm. So it's really helped to replace some of that revenue. Plus the added benefit of, I now have access to really great wine. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so you do. it's helped me get through quarantine. Yeah, <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, and can you tell us a little bit about your journey through food and healthy eating? Uh, how did it start and what is your philosophy about it now? Sure. Um, well, I've always loved cooking. And even before I was cooking professionally, I was planning dinner parties and working my way through cookbooks and, and trying new recipes. And I guess you could say that my interest in healthy eating came from wanting to really know how to take care of people, Mm -hmm. not just, you know, serving them food that tasted good, but that I knew was really going to nourish them Mm -hmm. because food is this, is this incredible thing. You know, it becomes a part of, of us and it has the ability to either harm or heal us. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to unintentionally be harming someone with the food that I was making, you know, and so that's where my interest in cooking for health and healing really came from is um, wanting to take care of people and understand what it really means to 
cook healthfully. Mm -hmm. And there's so many competing ideas around what it means to cook healthfully. And so that led me on a journey, like through my early 20s, I, I tried out and tried on a lot of different um, dietary philosophies. Mm. And that's what led me to where I am, having discovered uh, washoku, which is a Japanese Mm -hmm. philosophy that I'll Mm -hmm. share with you more about. Definitely. Um, But it's really... um, given me the tools, the method um, to design balanced meals that I can utilize um, and anyone anywhere in the world can utilize to um, design meals that are balanced for anyone of any dietary preference. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Um, And then what inspired you to become a chef? So I would say being a chef is... um, one of the most challenging things I could have chosen to become. (laughs) Why is that? Oh, because, because it challenges you physically, you're on your feet, Mm -hmm. you're, you know, using heavy and sharp equipment with precision. You um, have to be really mentally on your game. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of applied Mm -hmm. mathematics creatively. You have to be really present, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, continually developing uh, the menu and coming up with alternative solutions when an ingredient's not available or, you know, okay. something goes astray. But I would say the most challenging aspect, you know, there's the physical, the mental, the creative aspect, but is um, it challenges you as a leader mm-hmm. because there's no way to run a restaurant on your own. Yeah. No, not only are you a chef, but you're also a business owner. Right. So right. You've got a lot going on. <laughs> Uh, exactly. And, and I have an amazing team mm-hmm. and it's really been, um, the, the most challenging aspect of the business is to get to this point where I have a very, a clear vision mm-hmm. of what it is that, you know, we're setting out to accomplish and that I can, um, inspire and train and, you know, make sure everyone's on the same page and able to execute on that vision. Mm-hmm. So, And I think you're doing a great job. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's definitely an atmosphere, you know, when you walk into your place or the new outdoor area. Um, I think just everyone kind of embodies that spirit that you have. Thank you so mm-hmm. much. Yeah. And uh, can you share the story of how Bento Picnic came to be? Like you kind of already described it a little bit. Um and the Japanese philosophy that Bento was founded on. Yeah, absolutely. So the backstory, it was actually through my good friend Naoko, who um, grew up a couple hours south of Tokyo, okay. who I first was introduced to Japanese homestyle cooking mm-hmm. by. And we were volunteering at Johnson's Backyard Garden in 2007. So this was right when Bretton Johnson, who now owns one of the largest organic farms in all of Central Texas, he had oh, just okay. purchased his first 20 acres oh, wow. out on Hergetts Lane, just, you know, a little east of, of downtown. And we were going out there to volunteer to help harvest every Sunday morning, mm-hmm. and we'd get paid in vegetables, yeah. and which was exciting. So we'd both mm-hmm. come back to Naoko's apartment with these cases of vegetables, and she's really who taught me how delicious vegetables can be Mm -hmm. Um, and that you know in order for a meal to be delicious you don't have to have loads of meat and cheese at the center of your plate Uh Um, which is how I you know growing up in Whistling um, with Italian and Eastern European 
heritage mm -hmm. that was very central to okay. the way that I grew up eating. And so this was very eye-opening to mm -hmm. me. And and I was already on this journey of of wanting to understand what it means to cook healthily. And Nalco really showed me mm -hmm. that in large part. That's amazing. And, and so, yeah, I really owe it to her that I then decided to pursue um, culinary school. I went to the Natural Epicurean when it was still on the Casa de Luz campus, if okay. you remember that. Uh, I started there in 2009, and it was a plant-based culinary school with a focus in macrobiotics, which is the Japanese mm. approach to cooking mm -hmm. for health and healing. Okay. And then right after graduating um, from the culinary school, I went to go live with Naoko's parents in this rural part of Japan for about a half That's a year amazing. in 2011. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So jealous. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it was living in Izu with Naoko's parents that I really had that aha moment. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, it really came together for me, mm -hmm. you know, everything that I'd been learning because the 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 way of living there follows um and and eating mm -hmm. follows the washoku principles mm -hmm. in a way that i really saw come to life and yeah and what i love about washoku which we can get into mm -hmm. uh, here in a little bit is that um it's a very intuitive way of putting together a meal and it's actually hard to make something that doesn't tastes good and isn't good for you when you're following that mm -hmm, philosophy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say I am not a big vegetable person, um, but I do love your meals. Like I think you make the vegetables so delicious. I don't know how you do it, but <laughs> it is amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and so talking a little bit about um, Washoku, uh -huh. um, you do have at Bento Picnic um, meals that have um, all these different colors and tastes um, and uh, different elements, right? So can right. you describe to the audience what Washoku means and, um, you know, the concept and then talk a little bit about the difference between um, the different elements like the, you know, water, earth tree, fire, metal, things like that. Of course, yeah. So Ashoku's really given me the confidence as a chef to design unique menus. I used to really, you know, go off of cookbooks and kind of get ideas from other places. But this has, similar to an artist who sits down to a blank piece of paper, mm -hmm. and you're like, well, I don't know what to draw or what to paint. But if you have just a little bit of parameters, then the creative juices really start flowing. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I think of Washoku. Um, very simply, it's using five colors, five tastes, and five cooking techniques in every meal. Mm -hmm. um, so you get really layers and complexity and flavor and texture. Mm -hmm. And that's part of what makes it so satisfying to have a meal that's been prepared with that level of... Um, like thought put into it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I was going to say mm -hmm. that intention, you know, mm -hmm. behind it. Um, so the um, the five colors are green, yellow, and red. Mm -hmm. And these are kind of like families, you know, because there's all different shades yeah. of green. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's the deep hues of orange that kind of fit into the red family mm -hmm. or both like rich or more pale colored mm -hmm. yellow, like items um but then you can also do uh white or light 
okay. or black or dark. So mm-hmm. think of like blueberries and eggplant okay. would fit into that category. So those are going to be your colors. Um, the tastes are salty, sweet, sour, pungent, which mm. can also be spicy. Okay. Um, so think like garlic or peppers okay. or um, okay. even black pepper like has a nice pungency to it. Um, and bitter, hmm. which is going to be a lot of your fresh herbs and vegetables. Okay. Yeah. Um, and getting into the elements, um, you had mentioned them, uh, water, fire, tree, earth, and metal. Mm-hmm. They all correspond with different um, cooking techniques. Okay. And so water, for example, is something that's been steamed or boiled. Okay. Uh, fire is grill or saute, so something, a dry cooking technique that's open air. Mm. Uh, earth is pickled or fermented. Okay. Uh, metal is something that's been roasted or fried, so dry techniques that are enclosed. And then tree is something raw. Okay. So so fascinating. Yeah. And and what you find and what I think those, those cooking techniques are really critical is that um, it guarantees you're not going to sit down to a plate of food that's all just been fried mm-hmm. or is all, you know, shades of brown. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and it can be intimidating at first. I was intimidated at first to be like, oh, my God, how am I going to fit all of you know, this combination of 15 different things meal. into one yeah. meal. Mm-hmm. But um, say if you're a person who just is comfortable making toast and scrambling eggs, mm-hmm. you know, like I think that that's a pretty basic skill that most of us have acquired by now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, to to make it a washoku meal, all you need to do is slice some fresh avocado on there or sprinkle a little fresh herbs, mm-hmm. think cilantro, mm-hmm. for example. Um you could quick pickle some red onions. Okay. Or um, there's those pickles in, in vinegar that you can get mm, from mm-hmm. uh, the, like the jalapenos and carrots um, that you can get out of a jar if you don't want to slice an onion. Uh-huh. And then, and you could also like boil some black beans or also just grab a can of black beans. Um, and you have all of your techniques represented yeah. all of your that colors doesn't sound too intimidating yeah um and so I think that's what's really exciting about it for me is that it doesn't just apply to Japanese cooking mm-hmm. you know you don't have to know how to make sushi mm. in order to follow the principles of washoku you can really apply it to any um, type of cuisine mm-hmm. and um think of how much more satisfied you're going to be if you sit down to the plate uh, with your toast and eggs, pickles, avocado, yeah. and beans than mm-hmm. if you just like All slapped a little food. bit of eggs on your toast. You right. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, not only is it healthy, but the presentation that I've seen um, from what you have designed, that's like beautiful. Like you want to eat it because it looks so good on your <laughs> Thank plate. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And um, so talking about Washoku um, and how you've incorporated each meal with that um, concept, what were some of your favorite recipes that you were most excited um, to offer at your restaurant? Yeah, so coming back from Japan, I was really, um, of course, it was just a really formative time. And I came back um, having miso soup for breakfast almost every morning, mm-hmm. which is something that I still do that just really 
kind of it what it does is it alkalizes your system mm. and hydrates you at the same time okay and most of the typical breakfast foods where we maybe sit down and have cereal and coffee are doing the opposite. Mm -hmm. And so this I found just gives me so much energy to start the day. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's been one of my habits that I've continued. And of course, why we have the, the miso soup on the uh, restaurant menu, I was really excited to share that with people as well. Um, when I was in Japan, I made tamago yaki for the first time mm -hmm. and just fell in love with it. And actually the, um, the experience that I had learning it was um, actually kind of all tied together in this overall incredible experience of meeting one of my favorite cookbook authors. Okay. Um, she became like a godmother to me and she taught me in her home kitchen how to oh, make wow. tamago yaki. Oh my goodness. So it's just like made such a big impression on me and it's now one of the like for five years running the best-selling thing oh, on the really? menu. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow. That's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, I just always love to have at the ready the whole rainbow of mm -hmm. fresh veggies. Mm -hmm. You know, it really makes a very big difference when you have ready those, those veggies already prepared mm -hmm. um, than if you're starting from scratch. And so if you come into uh, the kitchen at the restaurant – You'll see our line is set up. It's just so colorful, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, um, I guess you could say, even before Bento Picnic got started, I was doing meal prep for myself, for mm -hmm. my friends, for my family, following these principles, okay. putting together lunches for mm -hmm. the week, mm -hmm. um, and you know, having fun with it because there's all different kinds of combinations that, you know, basically following this framework doesn't limit you in any way. Mm -hmm. um, and there's, it just almost uh, inspires you to think of all the more possible combinations. Mm -hmm. um, so. And you've definitely made new combinations with the dinner menu. Yeah. You want to talk a little bit about what's yeah, on the dinner menu? Yeah, of course, menu? that's something that I'm really excited about. I'm glad you asked. Is um, The dinner menu is really designed to be shareable. And um, following the same philosophy, of course, you know, like that you'll get the balance of all the tastes and colors and, and techniques. Um, but that there's... Um, very snackable things like mm. our puffed lotus seeds and our skewers um, that you can enjoy with a I'm glass a, I'm of wine. I'm excited to try those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, as well as your family style entrees that you can pass around the table. Um, one of the things that is really important to me with the restaurant is that it's inclusive of people of all different dietary preferences. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's the feedback that I've gotten that I love to hear the most is that you know, there's groups of friends who eat in all different kinds of ways. Mm -hmm. And this is one place they know they can all come where they're going to all find something that they oh, can enjoy. Yeah. 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 That's good to know. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, talking a little bit about the dinner menu a little bit, um, maybe let's transition over to um, when you first started your journey towards eating healthier and fresher foods. Um, do you know the kinds of benefits that you personally experienced, you know, moving from, um, 
you know, what you are used to eating and then moving over to, you know, healthier, fresher yeah. meals. Oh, definitely. Because I grew up on a standard American diet where <laughs> I, you know, I had cereal for breakfast, grilled cheese and a little Debbie brownie for lunch oh. and then my hamburger helper for dinner. <laughs> so you can see like I experienced massive, there, right. I had a lot of ground to gain. <laughs> Uh, and mostly in the clarity, like I just enjoy having a really clear um, mind mm -hmm. and being able to just feel like I'm operating with cleaner fuel in my system. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's um, this thing called the sugar dragon um, mm. that I think is what you're mentioning or talking about um, with clarity to the mind. Yeah. Um, you know, when you have too much sugar, the sugar dragon attacks a little bit, <laughs> the human body, um, and you just feel out of it. Like, 100%. you can't really think straight. So, um, yeah, I think moving to a healthier diet, you definitely experience um, better things for you. Definitely. Um, so, after you started incorporating washoku into your diet, um, what changes did you see with that? Yeah, I would say one of the most notable things is that you stop experiencing cravings for sugar, mm -hmm. uh, specifically. And um, that was something that I would always kind of fault on. And I, even as I was um, trying to eat healthier, until I started really incorporating all of the different tastes, Okay, um, I would just like go for handfuls of raisins or, you know, whatever it was that would give me my sugar fix. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not what my body actually needed. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I was just trying to go for more of the same, hoping it would satiate me, but my body actually wanted the, the balance mm -hmm. of the bounty. Yeah. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And so now if I'm having a sugar craving that I know is not, you know, I just ate something sugary. I don't need something more. I'll go for like a pinch of sauerkraut and some avocado on mm -hmm. something crunchy like a Ooh, cracker. And mm -hmm. then I'm like, oh, now I'm satisfied. Uh -huh. And so it can really, um, if, if anyone is like dealing with cravings or binging, like just I, that's something that I found to be really um, helpful. That's a good tip. Yeah. Um, so besides eating healthy, what would you say are some of the you know, what, are, what aspects of health and well-being resonate with you most besides food? Well, I started um, doing yoga right around the same time that I started this journey uh -huh. learning about healthy eating. Okay. Um, which was oh, when I was still in college. So I, around 2004, mm -hmm. I would say. It's been now. And... Um, I have favorite yoga teachers in town and, you know, it's really um, helps me to recenter. In mm -hmm. fact, whenever I'm experiencing something, I just can't seem to figure out mm -hmm. or like the equivalent of writer's block, mm -hmm. you know, in any area of my life, I'll roll out my yoga mat and within 20 minutes going through a flow, mm -hmm. I'll have to keep a pen and paper beside me the map okay. because like things the just come. get unlocked yeah. for me. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's something that, um, has, has, I've been able to grow with it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not something that I think I'll ever outgrow. Mm -hmm. I think it's just such a, um, 
mind body sort of practice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And uh, for so bringing it back to food, um, for anyone who doesn't like cooking but wants to eat healthy, what are some easy meals that someone can prep and enjoy that you would recommend to them? Yeah, well, I would say even if you're not going to really get after it in the kitchen, you know, there's amazing um, store-bought artisanal options both at the farmer's market and at the grocery store for Mm -hmm. uh, pickles and fermented foods, Um, especially if you want to experience the benefits of building up the healthy um, uh, gut bacteria Mm -hmm. and... um, because there's that whole mind-gut connection. Mm -hmm. So if you want to experience more clarity, um, that's a really good place to start. And because from my experience, it also helps eliminate sugar cravings. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And you may get really into it and decide that you want to start making your own kimchi and sauerkraut. But in the case that, I mean, I even saw sauerkraut, like a really good one at Costco the other day. Mm. And so I would say just like in addition to whatever meals you normally like to eat, find a really delicious form or fashion of fermented food to add to that. Okay. Um, and you're going to begin to experience that balance. Nice. Yeah. Okay. And uh, do you have any other advice? Uh, for those on the journey to a healthier foodie lifestyle? Mm, come to Bento Picnic. <laughs> no. I love it. That's a, that's a wrap. <laughs> come to Bento. Yeah, no, I would love to have you. But seriously, um, you have to enjoy it. <laughs> if you're local here in Austin or if you're passing through, I would love to have you. Um, yeah, I have just poured everything that I know into it. And Mm -hmm. I guess one of the things that attracted me to cooking in the first place I mentioned is that it's a challenge for me, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I love a challenge and I love that I'm able to constantly learn. And Bento Picnic is the manifestation of that, Mm -hmm. you know, everything I've learned up to this point, I've put into it and it will continue to grow, um, for years to come hopefully and Chelsea thank you so much because you have really helped me along that way I was experiencing during COVID some of the difficulties of uh, that all restaurant owners were facing with how to Mm -hmm. rethink things Mm -hmm. and yeah you came in with such fresh insight and really helped me to of course um, I'm happy to do that feel inspired when I was feeling really stuck Well, I'm so glad I was able to help. Um, do you want to maybe talk a little bit about how Bento is reopening yeah. since it's so recent? Yeah, just this past Thursday, we opened up our doors again. Um, we had been doing takeout and delivery for four months, and I'm so thankful for everybody who ordered from us during that time mm-hmm. because it really helped us to uh, tread water. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and we're hoping to... Um, with our reopening, um, really, it's it's a new and improved space. And mm-hmm. so um, really welcome people back who have, you know, been customers before and they can find all the same bento boxes that they love on our lunch menu, um, but also to experience our new dinner menu and mm-hmm. our new wine program. The wine program itself is really special because it focuses in natural wines mm-hmm. and um 
James, who's our wine buyer, has um, another wine shop in Houston and one in Marfa uh, okay. and has just all these really great established relationships with um, winemakers and distributors. So we were able to, you know, for, for a shop that just opened, really um, get some great allocations. Mm -hmm. And as I mentioned, I've been enjoying them. <laughs> <laughs> Quite a bit. Got to so. taste each one, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, Seal of approval. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, this is a reminder to support your local restaurants. Um, uh, they are they've gone through a lot during COVID, and um, I, it's sad to see you know some local restaurants that have had to close shop. Um, but this is just you know, hopefully you're out there, and if you're thinking about you know, getting food um, and healthy options. Bento Picnic is a great, convenient uh, local option here in Austin. Um, takeout, delivery, and now indoor um, seating and outside seating as well. So um, that's, I think that kind of wraps it up. Do you have anything else to add, Leanne? No, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me today. Of course. And that's a wrap. I hope you're ending this episode learning something new and feeling inspired to try this unique, healthy approach to nourishment. To all my Austin listeners, I highly recommend getting out there and experiencing this awesome food at Bento Picnic on East Cesar Chavez. They're open for dining inside or outside, curbside pickup, or delivery. Please support small and local businesses during these crazy times. It's now time for me to sign off. Again, I'm your host, Chelsea Connolly, wishing you a healthier and happier way to live.